Nothing but net. Swoosh. Hey, we're eating breakfast over here. It's going to be at least as big a flop as Waterworld. <laughs> that could be interesting and disturbing. Welcome to the Palm Court, a Mr. Selfridge podcast. I'm Kelly Anakin. And I'm Tom Schneider. And this is Mr. Selfridge series four. Four, yes. Episode five. You know, we rehearsed <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, I thought perhaps it was episode six, but no. No, it is five. It is the halfway mark. It is indeed the halfway we mark. We are halfway to something. Yeah. Clearly a thing is going to happen. Yeah. To the titular Mr. Selfridge. <laughs> right. But what it is and whether the consequences will be bounced back fromable. <laughs> this is the subject of our podcast. That is the subject of our podcast. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, we're still somewhat interested in finding out. Yeah. I mean, you know, if we weren't watching this for a podcast, I would definitely downgrade it to something I have on in the background while I obsessively play chess. <laughs> yeah. As it stands, I merely vaguely played chess. <laughs> you know, just like my long, ongoing games, not a short, intense game where I had to really be paying attention. Okay. You know, only yeah. a few moves here and there. <laughs> yes. During the course of this episode. Yeah. So. And I, I was paying attention because I have to because I take the notes. You do take the notes. Yeah. Which I appreciate. Yes. So I can play chess. <laughs> That's right. Uh, well, before we dive into the recap, we do have an Ellen Love letter. Ooh. Hey, guys. Remember Ellen Love? <laughs> Boy, what a dizzy bitch. <laughs> uh, cousin Alex writes, hello, my dear cousins, Kelly and Tom. I am so delighted to hear you podcasting again. Loved your last episode. It gave me such fond memories of your first season of Mr. Selfridge Recap. So much so that I had to go back and listen to the older episodes. I must say my favorite moments of this podcast have been Kelly's Lady May impression to Rose in the first episode of Selfridge. Look how... Uh, I, I don't know if this is supposed to be sultry or slutty. Okay. But let's go with sultry. Look how sultry she looks. Look how sexy sex, 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 sex. P.S. Sex. <laughs> That totally sounds like something I would say. Yeah, no, I, um, it adds up. And Kelly, your line from The Simpsons, I hope she didn't take my <laughs> attempt to destroy her too seriously. I nearly died laughing when I heard it again. Also, that's Archbishop to you, <laughs> Batman! <laughs> also love Tom's history information. It keeps me on my toes as I am a history major in college. It also gives me something new every time I hear you guys. Thanks so much, Kelly and Tom. Keep them coming. I can't wait to hear what you do. And may I recommend for the future doing the new The Crown series on Netflix based on the life of Queen Elizabeth II. It is said to be the next Downton Abbey on Netflix. It's also to be the most expensive show done by Netflix. That has to count for something. As my favorite comedian, Samantha Bee, says, Netflix does not suffer any fools. Sorry to keep it a bit long. Sincerely yours, Lord Alexander of Tardis. Thank you. Lord of Alexander of Tardis. Yes. Um, as far as the crown is concerned, we are interested in doing this thing. It is on our radar. It is on our radar. Um, it is just going to depend on our schedules. Mm -hmm. And we are pretty much, you know, our plan for the rest of the year is to get Mr. Selfridge yeah. handled. Yeah. You know, signed, sealed, delivered. And then we will see what does the future hold. Yeah. Will we finally start our Patreon? Maybe. Maybe. It's none of your... It actually is quite... <laughs> well, you're really the only people that... <laughs> right. I'm sorry to be so It's rude. none of anybody else's business. Damn it, that probably cost us money. Um, <laughs> on the Patreon that we don't have. <laughs> yes. That imaginary... Is it Patreon or Patreon? Unclear. Either way, I feel patronized. Patronized? <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, it's rough. God. Well, I guess if we're doing a you know British-themed, it should be Patreon. 
That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm so used to RP, you know, I can't, yeah. I can't deal with anything else. <laughs> yeah. It flustered me so, cousins, and yeah. you can't see this. I nearly knocked over my beverage. Yeah. Which uh, would have been a disaster. It w- would have been a bit. Uh, we would have gotten through it. Uh, I would also like to say to uh, Lord Alexander of Tardis, uh, thanks so much for complimenting me on the history stuff that I never do anymore. Uh, but You might do it again eventually. <laughs> well, and we had way more history stuff at the beginning of Mr. Selfridge yeah. because we had not yet exhaustively covered that time period. Right, right. I mean, you know, and that's really, that's the difficult thing. Because, um, you know, people loved... Yeah. And continue to love Fashion Backwards and Tom Repeat's history. But we've pretty much strip-mined yeah. the entire, you know, uh, Edwardian and post-Edwardian and post-World War One yeah. time period. Yeah. So we're going to have to... We pretty much got that. The, those 30 years are covered. But the crown would definitely... Uh, yeah, That would true. open it up there. That's a good point. So anyway, look, we're interested. <laughs> yeah. We want to do it. Uh, but, you know, this podcast does take a certain amount of time each yeah. week to uh, produce. Of course. And especially if we're going to do history and fashion segments. Yeah, that's true. Because those are the most time-consuming part of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, man, we haven't researched in so long. Yeah. And by researched, I mean 15 minutes before recording the podcast. <laughs> gone, damn it! <laughs> Wikipedia! <laughs> Quick! To the interwebs! <laughs> Just a little bit of how the up yours downstairs slash palm court slash family meeting sausage gets made. Yeah. Hey, listen to our other podcasts, <laughs> up yours downstairs and family meeting, a Peaky Blinders podcast. Yeah. Uh, you can also shoot us an email at up yours downstairs at gmail.com. You can send us a tweet or a carrier pigeon at five Maggie Smiths on Twitter. That's at five, the number five Maggie Smith. Yes, it is. And you can search up yours, comma, downstairs, exclamation point on Facebook <laughs> and find us there. Yeah. Boy, I haven't done that in a while. No, I, yeah. I feel like I'm just like slowly like getting my sea legs back. <laughs> yeah. Like podcast legs? Sure. Some kind of legs. Yeah. Whatever the legs they are, they're, they're a coming. A peg leg. <laughs> Yar. <laughs> this here be a pirate podcast now. Yikes. It's not. Yeah, that'd be a sharp turn. I just really like doing a pirate voice. Uh, yeah, well. Did I miss Talk Like a Pirate Day this year? Yeah, it happened. Was it because I was crazy? I don't, Aww. you know. I don't think it gets the uh, level of uh, play anymore in the yeah, popular culture that Yeah, that's true, because to. now there's so many ridiculous days yeah. that it's just like, who can even keep track? Indeed, yeah. Speaking of ridiculousness. <laughs> oh, 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 I forgot. <laughs> oh, all right yeah <laughs> yeah uh a lot of things to complain about in this episode uh, uh you about <laughs> that's right so we start off with uh a scene from double trouble starring the dolly sisters and bumby wallace bumby wallace yes the best fake silent film star <laughs> name i've ever heard in my entire life yeah they were like what if there was a name that was like less fat than fatty arbuckle but <laughs> twice as ridiculous <laughs> bumby wallace is not a real person okay uh i googled it yeah he does not exist okay he is a fake fake fakeity fake fake thing <laughs> that was made up for dramatic purposes by eyeliner and his you know minions yeah but he can't pull the bumby over our eyes he certainly cannot pull the bumby yeah take the piss sure but not pull the bumby oh <laughs> uh, hey, yeah hey hey pull my bumby <laughs> hey 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 the bumby always rings twice <laughs> 
<laughs> one of these days. Bam! Pow! To the Bumby! Hey, hey, hey. A Bumby runs through it. <laughs> the Bumbies of Madison County. <laughs> Bumbies of New York. <laughs> we could do this all day. We could. But we have other things to discuss. We do have other things to hey, discuss. feel free to tweet us your Bumby film title. <laughs> at five, the number five, Maggie Smith. <laughs> That's right. Oh, or at... Palm Court cast. I don't really check that one. Yes, yeah, so so probably Listen, not a good what, idea. I had a dream, <laughs> a dream about you, Twitter. <laughs> it didn't work out. Spoiler alert. Uh, also appearing in Double Trouble, apart from Bumpy Wallace. Whenever I hear the phrase "Double Trouble," I always think of Carmen Sandiego, and to be like "Double Trouble <laughs> in Jail," and I was like, "Oh my god, they got him! There's two of them." <laughs> You said it, Rockapella. <laughs> no, they sang it. <laughs> Listen, you're going to get me going. <laughs> Don't do that. Okay. Uh, you know what I'm like. <laughs> yes. So, also appearing in the movie is Meryl. Right? You know, Streep? No. No. <laughs> Regular ass Ginger Meryl. Yeah. <laughs> Meryl Grove, I guess is yeah, her name. Meryl Grove. That's so embarrassing <laughs> for Meryl. Yeah, no, and I, I don't know. even like Meryl. I know she's going to be credited as Meryl Grove. She is. Yeah, uh, and this apparently is uh, fine with everybody, including those people who are worried about her being exposed to disreputable things, and with all the other, uh, you know, employees at the store who have been doing a have been there for years and would also potentially like to be in the film. Uh, yes, that is correct. But is their father the hiring manager? I suppose not. You would suppose correctly and not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so the scene happens. They're like shoplifting or something. And then <laughs> Harry says, cut. And he's like, I always wanted to say that. Oh, my God. He's a parody of himself at this point. Yeah. Uh, the press all applauds. And uh, credits. Which... Yeah. To the credit of the credits, <laughs> it is not completely incongruous as we have not just learned that somebody died or is sad or like owes money or anything like that. Right. It's like, okay, hijinks, a film. <laughs> like, okay, that yeah. all that all hangs together. Yes. Good job. We were pleased. Uh, Dancona arrives, or as Kelly likes to call him, Bugsy Malone. Um, uh, yeah, but only like... I don't know. I don't. That's not a good enough official nickname. No, that's yeah. I wasn't intending to keep using it. I was just throwing. Can we it out call there. him Dan Coney Island? <laughs> uh, that feels unwieldy. Dan Cheese Coney. <laughs> ah, come on. Fine, Dan Kona. Whatever. Have it your way. <laughs> what is this Burger King? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Wait a minute. What? <laughs> Have we been living in a Burger King? No, no, no. We just go there to record our podcast. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to stop letting you blindfold me on the way to and for the duration of these podcasts. Oh. Like, oh, Kelly, I have the notes. You don't need to read anything. Does explain why everything smells like french fries. Look, audio engineers all agree that Burger Kings have the best acoustics. <laughs> Who are you talking to? Burger King. <laughs> You guys don't know, but we also have a third co-host. It's just that Burger King King. He just stands here creeping everybody out. Yeah, it's unsettling. <laughs> uh, there's something else we won't get paid for. 
<laughs> what Burger King? Yeah, all the Burger King endorsement we're doing just now. Well, we didn't say their food was any good. <laughs> uh, we sure didn't. It's fine. Yeah, I'm. Or like, did they reform? I feel like a bunch of the fast food places like reformulated their fries in like the last five years. And yeah, I'm like, you know what, guys? I'm done. Like, I really like the fries of Rudy's Can't Fail Cafe in Oakland. I would say those are my favorite fries. Okay. Rudy's, if you want to pay me, you can pay me in French fries. <laughs> uh, so Harry poses for a picture with Bumby. And, uh, Bumby. They, he, and Meryl. And Meryl. And they all talk about how great Meryl is. And Meryl! <laughs> <laughs> and she's got a bright future and all this other stuff. And it's like... You're just blinded by her ginger hair. <laughs> yeah. Like, the only thing we've seen her do successfully as an employee is stand modestly. Yes. That's the entire yes. range of her skill set. And as nor far do as we see aware. her, spoiler alert, throughout this entire episode, do her actual job. Yes. Uh, nor do we get any Tilly. Right. Till, hello, Tilly. Yeah. Where, where's my Tilly? Yeah. I want more Tilly. And you know, I'll take the artful porter. Right. Even though I'm very dismayed about the direction that her character's gone in. Yeah. I mean, the whole sweatshop in general is absent. Right. I'm like, what? You know, later in the episode, Lady May's like, I love my work here. And I'm like, what do you do, bitch? Well, she stands at the railing looking down at things and just sort of thinks. And shit talking to Dolly sisters. Yeah. Presumably she's getting paid overtime for that. <laughs> yeah. That's a full time job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Harry sees Dancona is like, come on to my office. Come on to my place. <laughs> uh, Marilyn Grove talk, and then Martel shows up, and it's like, hey, and Meryl gets real mad and storms and off. And we're like, why, why are you mad, boo? Yeah. Because, like, Miss Martel's never done anything but just, like, be a nice lady who likes Mr. Grove for some reason. Yeah. And, like, despite literally everybody being like, uh, you know, uh, like, him? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like, even his kids are like, really? <laughs> uh, Harry kicks May out of his office so that he can meet with Dancona, who complains uh, about, you know, not getting paid and, like, skipping out on the meeting the other night. And we're like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Adoy. Yeah. Pay so- your bill! <laughs> uh, gambling! But then Plunkett comes in and says that Harry is needed. The Dolly sisters, like... I just can't believe everybody's putting up with them. I know. Like, after this episode in particular... Yeah. Like, I know that they all have to, like, cater to Harry's whims, mm-hmm. but it's like, isn't there someone, anyone, who can just be like, dude, bang him if you need to, but quit let him come around here. Yeah. They don't... They're really bringing the brand down. Yeah. <laughs> they really are. Uh, so- like, say what you will about Ellen Love... Somehow she had integrity. <laughs> yeah. Despite that horrible teddy bear dance that she did. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, plus she was the first one, too. Like, Well, that we saw. Well, that's true. He had had numerous in the past. Yeah, but he was the first one we saw ruining his store. That's true. Yeah, but I mean, you know, that was his fault. Right. Well, agreed. Remember how she was the spirit of Selfridges? I do. And Mr. LeClaire ruined her life? <laughs> <laughs> I say... Yeah. They were simpler times. They were. Simpler floozies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ah, I remember that summer. It was a time of simple pleasures. Simpler times, simpler floozies. Uh, anyway, yeah, Harry offers to pay the first installment of what he owes. Dancona says, uh, no. 
Throughout this whole thing, Harry just keeps demonstrating a complete and utter lack of under, like, demonstrating that he understands how commerce works. Right. Which concerns me, <laughs> as he is a very large retailer. <laughs> right. It's like, okay, dude, why do I have to break? Okay, if somebody came in your store and kept taking things <laughs> and not paying for them, you would, uh, you know, be mad, right? Well, unless they were one of his floozies. <laughs> That's true. That's truzy. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, Harry has to go, you know, peel the Dolly sisters off something. So he, <laughs> he's like, let's, you know, s- schedule a meeting with my secretary. And then kind of says, no more meetings. And Harry's like, Psh, whatever. Look. I could easily spend six hours complaining about this. So I'm just going to stop complaining about Harry not paying his bill and just repeat, pay your bill. (laughs) It's making me anxious and you're a long dead fictional character. Yeah. In the hallway, Mustache tries to convince Harry not to pull his ads from Winston Adams' papers, but Harry says no. He demands a front-page retraction and an agreement that his family is off-limits. Which, okay, a front-page retraction, dude? I have yet to see any negative consequences (laughs) from this story running Apart from you being butthurt about it, Harry. Yeah. And like Rosalie being vaguely disappointed, which she is all the time. Uh, right. So, she's, like when she first got the news, she seemed pretty sad. But since then, she's just had her Rosalie face on. And Yeah. And you know what? People forget stuff, man. Yeah. And again, who cares? Her name is Mrs. Debolotov. Who even knows who she is? Her name isn't Selfridge. They're like Debolotov. Yeah. Is that a kind of vodka? Like, Yeah. And I mean, you know, retraction or no retraction, people already saw it and they're going to believe it if they want to. I wonder what old Wizwaz is up to. <laughs> no doubt living the high life on some poor sucker's dime. <laughs> she invented the floozy game, damn it. She didn't. It's a good life. Uh, yeah, so he tells Mustache to go take his terms to Wednesday Adams. Uh, downstairs, the floozies are complaining about their roles, and one of them want, thinks the other one has a better role, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and Harry's like, uh, stop it. And they're like, okay. And then the director complains to Harry about how this is causing delays and their costs are soaring. As the camera circles all the way around them... Yeah, I was like, is this like the red carpet 360 cam on the E-network? Like, why is this happening? This is easily the least dynamic scene in the entire show. (laughs) Yeah. And it does not warrant this kind of tomfoolery. Agreed. Uh, In the palm court, Martel and Grover there. Uh, Martel says that she's sorry for uh, everything, I guess. Um, And I'm like, you don't have anything to apologize for, Josie. Yeah. Uh, And... Uh, they, oh, th- in this case, she's apologizing that Meryl heard about her father's illness from her. And I mean, she heard it from him. Well, right. At his house. Yeah. Where she lives. <laughs> also. <laughs> That's true. Uh, in a room with an open door. God. Um, but anyway, uh, we established that Grove has told the rest of his children, uh, and he then starts complaining about Crab, uh, having invited her, uh, and they start to talk a little bit about whatever happened between them, but then are interrupted by the waiter giving them coffee. 
And then like, oh, I guess we shouldn't have this discussion in public. And Marvel's like, okay, we'll meet somewhere more privately next time. And then Grove gets up and walks away. And it's like, from the- his fresh cup of coffee. Yeah. Which cost the equivalent of, I'm sure, five dollars back then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I hope Josie drinks it because I hate to see something go to waste. <laughs> I know. Especially in the palm court. They don't spend enough time in the palm court anymore. I know, baby. I remember when Victor Colliano was running the palm court. I do. I'm getting real nostalgic for this, like, <laughs> the first couple seasons of this show. Remember when he was a gigolo? Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> well, we'll get a reminder by the end of this episode. That's true. Okay, and he's, like, the only person that's aged. Yeah. We've discussed this already, right? Yeah. Because well, later somebody makes a reference to it having been, you know, 12 years mm-hmm. since not even the beginning of the series. Yeah. And I'm like, why have you, like, is this tuck everlasting? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, ever since Selfridge has started selling that immortality powder, they've been doing <laughs> well, quite well. Well, they just continued it when they shut down the tea import. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Fool me once. Oh, shame on me. Fool me twice. You're immortal. <laughs> <laughs> We see Wednesday Adams watering his office plants. This bitch is living my best <laughs> life. He's spraying them with a weird Art Deco bottle. Yeah. I'm like, God, all my problems would be solved if only I had a weird Art Deco bottle <laughs> and a publishing empire. <laughs> my God. I can get you one of those things. <laughs> is it the newspaper empire? No. Oh, good. I want the bottle more. <laughs> Hooray. Yeah. Uh, the And the bottle is likely to appreciate in value, unlike a newspaper empire. Yeah, that's for damn sure. <laughs> Univision would just buy it anyway. <laughs> Wednesday says that he uh, tells Mustache that, you know, Mustache is a newspaper man. He should know that it is impossible for him to c- declare Harry Selfridge's family off limits. I'm not sure that is impossible. Like, I think it's possible. I think he doesn't want to do it, <laughs> but I think it's possible. Yeah. So... It might be impossible to enforce, <laughs> as clearly this was. Yeah. Well, he says that um, Mustache threatens to pull all their advertising, and they have a standoff well, you about know, it. Pretty, uh, pretty wimpily. Yeah. Like, he doesn't really make a firm case for anything. Yeah. And Wednesday says that if Harry thinks he can play hard, you know, hardball or whatever, to come himself and not send his flunky. And, uh... Mustache looks real disappointed to be referred to as a flunky. Yeah. And I'm like, perhaps you should check your job title, <laughs> which says, number one, press flunky. <laughs> uh, Plunkett brings Harry a gambling bill for $10,000. Uh, or pounds. I would think pounds. Did it say dollars? I think it said dollars. Where the hell were they? I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Morocco? <laughs> were they at Rick's place? <laughs> they, uh... Yeah, but in any case, they have been uh, spending money and charging it to his account. Uh, which is not, again, he literally told them to. Yeah. And the thing about floozies is, if you give them an inch, they'll take $10,000. <laughs> That's right. They're in the floozy game for things like $10,000. Maybe he was confused because it's not, you know, the metric system. <laughs> but. At Mustache House. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> Kitty says that Mustache seems out of sorts, and he reacts quite defensively, uh, and like saying things like, well, what does Freya have to do with it? It's like, uh, why are you... Yeah. Uh, like, dude, you suck at cheating on your wife and keeping it a secret. Yeah. 
So Kitty's like, did you really want, did you really want a baby? And, uh, <laughs> did you really want children? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, babe. No, that's, it's, I do way better Kitty than you. I'm well aware that you do. Um, <laughs> And he's like, yes. And, uh, she's, you know, they sort of have a discussion about it. And then he says that they're too, so wrapped up in themselves that they're not even noticing that they're drifting apart. Uh, and Kitty is hurt and walks out. Mm-hmm. That is the correct response, Kitty. Go, Kitty. Yes. Team Kitty, take that job. Yeah. Uh, Floozy answers the door of her hotel room. Harry. It's Rosie. Okay. And Harry complains about, uh, the gambling bill and their general uh, misbehavior. And Floozy's like, uh, okay, yeah, sure, we'll stop that. Uh, now I'm going to fuck you so you forget that you're mad at me. I mean, look, the Floozy game, simple but effective. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at Selfridge House, the retraction has been printed. And this is really weird editing because yeah. it's like after coming back from a commercial mm-hmm. and it's just like a close-up with some voiceover and it's like, oh, did we forget to film the scene with the retraction? Oh, by God, we did. Yeah. It was like somebody just like jerry-rigged this up in their like back room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, they got the retraction and Rosalie doesn't seem to care either way. She's like, oh, yes, Pa. I've been very busy just wearing all of Grandma's old clothes. <laughs> like, seriously, she is such a frump. She is. Because it's like, say what you will about Rose Selfridge. Which is only good things because she was a perfect baby angel. <laughs> but, like, she had style. Yeah. And Rosalie's just like, well, she's like the mild Farina of people. <laughs> yeah, no wonder her husband's cheating on her. Right? God, that must have been some not good vagine. <laughs> like, I'm sure it was virginal, but once you get past the hymen, it's like, what, you can't do anything with this? <laughs> Come on, open her up. Let's see what she can do. <laughs> She's like, sorry, Sergey. I guess I'm just not that excited. <laughs> Kitty is sitting in a cafe somewhere or something. She is looking at a telegram implying that the job offer for Elizabeth Arden is still on the table. Woo! Uh, George stops by and asks what's wrong, and she says that she's in a real pickle. She is so adorable. She is. She just has the cutest expressions. Yeah. Uh, May watches the filming at the store. Uh, and chats with Harry. Apparently, Jimmy Dillon's off investing in cinemas somewhere in the north of England. His life sounds exhausting. Yeah. I don't want it. <laughs> Somebody just pay me to do group chats with my friends all the time already. <laughs> and this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, May asks about Dancona. It's, uh, things look tense, and Harry's like, ah, it's Abraham. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's like the American version of shark, 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 shark. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then, then May mentions that the floozies, uh, she saw them in the fashion department, and Harry's like, shopping? And she's like, I'm going to let you find out for yourself on this one. And we don't even get to find out! No, I know. I thought there was going to be another fun Dolly sister. Except, I say that, but it's like, a Dolly sister scene goes on for five seconds, and I'm like, God, get me out of here. <laughs> yeah. And then it cuts to, like, a mortal and uh, grove scene, and I'm like, ah, kill me. Yeah. Kitty says that she has to reply about the job offer by the end of the next day and asks George why she thinks that Mustache wants to have a baby uh, because he's on that super intelligent medicine thing that he's on, so (laughs) you'd think he would know. Well, I was talking to my friend Algernon. (laughs) (laughs) He goes bunburying, you see. (laughs) 
I'm really enjoying the thought of an importance of being earnest flowers for Algernon Mashup. <laughs> that could be interesting and disturbing. Um, I don't know what you think my Venn diagram is, but that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, uh, George thinks that uh, he himself loves having babies and gets on well with them. And uh, that this must mean that it's a good sign for Mustache to want one and that it means that he loves Kitty. Uh, so that medicine may not be working as well as one might hope. <laughs> yeah. Like, you can't see it, but just off camera, there's a researcher shaking her head and crossing something off. <laughs> <laughs> Taking a swig from a flask. It's really wearing on her. The scientific method. <laughs> I like that it's a female researcher. <laughs> yeah. That was very progressive of you. Good job. Thank you. Kitty decides that, yes, maybe she has been selfish and she does love mustache. So. Boo. Yeah. Nice job, George. Oh, thanks. Old <laughs> <laughs> <will> Algernon. <laughs> Algernon? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> His spleen's on the outside now. <laughs> Paging David Cronenberg. <laughs> Kelly Anakin paging David Cronenberg. <laughs> I've got to go. I like that in your version, David Cronenberg is playing by Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Man, this mashup keeps getting more and more complicated. Listen. <laughs> oof. It's going to be at least as big a flop as water. <laughs> and that's a guarantee. Look, Kevin Costner was a Scorpio. I'm a Scorpio. <laughs> I don't see I cannot... Uh, I don't see how I cannot fail. <laughs> Look, fix that in post, too. Double negatives always confuse me. <laughs> okay. Even though I think they're so funny. I'm sorry, Kelly. I know. Uh, so they're having a staff meeting at Selfridges. They ads will be going out Wednesday Adams papers for their upcoming club night where Fat Thomas is taking his club night. <laughs> Fat Thomas! <laughs> even that fat! I know. Woo! Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, uh, man. Yes. So they're, they're taking the club night to Selfridges for reasons. For good reasons. Uh, the movie. It's a rap party. Okay. You see? Oh, I see. It's a night with the stars. See? Yeah. All right. So many of them reside in London. Yes. Uh, the good news is it will all be on the Harry's private chairman's account. Where nothing ever goes wrong. <laughs> right. Or is expensive. <laughs> or is a debt that's being called in by a man who seems like he'll hurt you. <laughs> uh, Harry keeps mustache after the meeting to be like, hey. Listen, I've cheated on my wife hundreds of times, so I know what you're going through. (laughs) (laughs) And he says, I don't even have a wife to make it up to anymore. And I'm like, you know you can't cheat on a dead person, right? (laughs) Like, that's how, like, look, ghost the movie, notwithstanding. (laughs) Relationship, like, that's why when you get married, you say, until death do us part. And also why there's that hilarious scene in Curb Your Enthusiasm where, like, Cheryl Hines wants Larry David to say that he'll, like, <laughs> yes. still be with her in the afterlife. And he's like, I don't really want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Now, there is a fictional relationship where I was always like... How did this even happen? <laughs> How did you guys even get together? Yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, that is a sentiment that Rose Selfridge no doubt shares. Uh, yeah, she's probably kicking it in heaven. Like, man, Harry is not going to get in here. <laughs> Beatrice guards the entrance. God, I miss her. God, I miss our dark lord and mistress. <laughs> I wish she'd come back. I do too. I feel like Eyeliner straight up forgot she existed. <laughs> I think that... Like, no, I mean, she's very much like, you know, that one sister on Family Matters that just... Oh, Judy? Yeah. 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 Oh, I remember. <laughs> the North remembers Judy. <laughs> Judy Winslow. <laughs> one day she'll be commander of the Night's Watch. And by that, I mean, of course, the Chicago PD. <laughs> There must always be a Winslow in Chicago. (laughs) Did you do that? (laughs) This is the best. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, he tells Mustache to invite Kitty to the party and, like, you know, be nice to her or whatever. And uh, he's going to talk to Wednesday Adams himself. And again, uh, you know, Harry, just because your wife put up with you forever until she died of longitis. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't really make you the type person that should be giving advice. It, yeah. Look at the company you are currently keeping. <laughs> yes. They are awful. <laughs> Both in the sense that they are terrible and that they are the organ meats of animals. <laughs> Yes, uh, let me give you some advice on how to run your first personal affairs, but first I have to pay off a gambling debt run up by one of my mistresses and uh, clean up the vomit that her sister left everywhere. Like- <laughs> Where did you get that hat? <laughs> I just imagine a janitor singing that. <laughs> it's a hit song. <laughs> it's like, that's as ridiculous as that song on Strangers with Candy when Jerry Blank has the eating disorder about <laughs> look i don't remember any of the lyrics except for the chorus which goes fat 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 because it's about somebody with an eating disorder <laughs> sorry if that was triggering anybody but yeah. i'm into the gallows humor <laughs> kitty and connie meet each other as they're watching the filming and connie is starting to show <gasps> Like, barely. Uh, yeah. Because I keep looking at her and being like, are you really pregnant? <laughs> what day is this? A lot of confusion on it's that It's a phantom score. pregnancy, just like on Passions. It is never clear what time, day, or year it is on this show. <laughs> uh, yeah. She asks if Connie's going to miss the store, and Connie says no, because deep down I've always wanted to be a mother. Uh, great. Yeah. So glad so glad you know this was written by a man and i feel like they had more female writers in the earlier seasons that sounds right i'd have to do research though oh right yeah forget it yeah i'm too cool for research (laughs) the podcast it's too cool to research anything (laughs) or bother with anything (laughs) we'll get better we promise (laughs) grove and martel are standing on some bridge somewhere i bet they are and is it a bumby <laughs> they have a long tedious conversation about both of them you know both of them britishing about whose fault it was that they broke up uh which is ridiculous because it was mr groves for being a horrible person right that all people should flee yes um <laughs> but yeah it was like i guess the kids like didn't like her well, or, she didn't want to be a mom or something. Yeah. Did this actually happen 
in the previous series? Like, I don't... She was, I don't think so. I was th- she gone then? I think she was just gone. Like, And they didn't explain anything. I think they, I think they explained it a bit. Like, well, like, we knew that she was in New York. We knew that she was in New York and that she hadn't wanted to take on the, all those children. Remember how great the conversation that she and Kitty had was? I do. <sighs> Model and Kitty being <laughs> best friends. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Yeah, anyway, Marla asks for forgiveness, and uh, Grove cries. And I'm like, you didn't do anything! Jump off that bridge! <laughs> do anything Swim to get out of safety. there! Blink twice if you're in danger, Josie! <laughs> uh, so they head home, or they arrive home at uh, Grove House, and Marla helps them up the stairs. Meryl watches, and then offers Marla tea, and apologizes to her... For being mean at a time... At a time. That we... Are just supposed to believe, yeah, I guess. Apparently so. And uh, she insists that Martel stay in London. And I don't understand anything that's just happened, Agreed. to be perfectly honest. Yeah. I mean, every time that we get going on Martel and Grove again, it's just like all of the pointless Jon Snow at the wall scenes in Game <laughs> of Thrones. And I just can't even. Yeah. Like, who ships this? <laughs> who do they think ships this? No one ships this. No, nobody wants this. Nobody wants this. Yeah. Nobody wants to see Martin Freeman's girlfriend hooking up with the guy who's boning Jenny Lee from Call the Midwife when he left his wife when she had cancer or something. Right. Like, nobody wants this. I agree. Nobody likes you, Tom, whatever your name is. That's right. Not you, Tom. No, I know. The Tom who plays Mr. Grove. Yes. You do know my last name. I'm Goodman, confident. <laughs> Goodman Hill? Okay. Maybe? Yeah. I'd... Look, finding out for certain would be research. Yeah. So we're again made it. it very clear. Yeah. Next morning, Grove is like making like this is him in a good mood. Is him complaining about the newspaper and wondering why he even subscribes to it. And I'm like, dude, you have like weeks to live. <laughs> yeah. What? Why are you still going to work? Yeah. Uh, Meryl says that she invited Martel for dinner and then offers him a boiled egg. And he's like, "Can you boil an egg?" And she's like, "Well, I can try." <laughs> Yeah. What? What happened? <laughs> it's like Twin Peaks all of a sudden. Damn fine egg. <laughs> <laughs> the log lady comes in. <laughs> At Wednesday Adams' office, Harry threatens Wednesday uh, over this whole hullabaloo. And Wednesday, like, Harry believes that he has won and invites Wednesday Adams to come to his party that night. And Wednesday is just like, okay, I've not made any promises during this conversation. No, because Harry's like, great, you're not going to print any more stories about my family. He leaves, and Wednesday's like, I didn't, I didn't say anything. <laughs> yeah, he really didn't. Uh, but after Harry leaves, Wednesday picks up the phone and puts out the call for Flick. <gasps> flick. Yeah. Uh oh. Mm-hmm. Flick your bick. <laughs> bick your flick. I'll work on it. The shooting has wrapped at Selfridges. Uh, we see Grove apologize to Crab for being an awful person, and uh, Mustache invites Kitty to the party, and she somewhat grudgingly accepts. Yeah, grudgingly is all he deserves at this point. She doesn't even know what happened. Yeah. Uh, and we see Wednesday Adams telling Flick to uh, go to this party and do some digging. Yeah. Some gold digging? Yes. Okay. He says she's the most feared reporter in London. I doubt that. <laughs> 
Also, did she not get reprimanded for printing that story about his best friend, Rosalie Selfridge? <laughs> yeah, they run that charity together. <laughs> right. You mean that big secret charity yeah. that no one must ever know about? Big Eyeliner, you crack. <laughs> big secret pizza party? <laughs> cool, I love pizza. <laughs> That, I do feel like this show is this show is Paul Rudd and we're that kid a lot of times. <laughs> <laughs> it shows like yeah, well, and then it shows Harry off a platform and like or we're like uh, Janine Garofalo and the show is Paul Rudd like <laughs> grudgingly picking up the garbage that threw on the ground. <laughs> And we're like, we don't want to do this either. Like, why are you behaving this way? Hey, remember in the first episode, this guy showed up named Keen? Nope. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, they reminded us in the previously on because <laughs> Thank God. out of nowhere, he's back. <gasps> I had him like kind of confused with the newspaper man that was like, hey, Gordon, you're great. And Gordon was like, I am rather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, I would agree with you, Gordon. You are rather. Like, <laughs> please do something. <laughs> yeah. This is madness. <laughs> Anyway, he is concerned on behalf of the uh, London Civic Building Society that is invested in Selfridge about uh, Harry's extravagant spending. And Crab's like, he's been doing that for 20 years. <laughs> like, that's what, this is what you get. Like, this is what Selfridge's is. Yeah. Profligate spending and apparently enough profit to keep everyone <laughs> happy. Yeah. Uh, so they, uh, he says that the chairman's account is very much in the red and Crab says he's already put a hold on it. Which I don't think he did. Yeah. I mean, I think he's going to now. Yeah. Uh, but in Crab, like, uh, like, gets pretty, like, steely mm-hmm. when he feels, you know, when he sees where this is all I going. Wish I had a Mr. Crab in my life. Yeah. Somebody I could verbally abuse who would, like, <laughs> give me money. <laughs> Mom? Dad? <laughs> JK. I'm too afraid of them to verbally abuse them. <laughs> at Grove House. <sighs> Why? At least at the wall, people occasionally die. <laughs> I mean, I guess technically Grove is dying. Yeah. Oh, but they're going to fucking save him in the end. I don't know, man. So, like, Ernest greets Martle at the door dressed like a waiter or whatever. And or says, what these idiots' idea of a waiter is. Yeah, and says, good evening, madam. Note that it is broad daylight. It is like four. Again. And, like, when do you people eat? Yeah. Um... So yeah, they all the whole family welcomes her to Grove Restaurant. We only serve boiled eggs. We don't know if they're any good. <laughs> <laughs> You'll find out along with us. Uh, George shows Fat Thomas the setup for the club night. Harry uh, knocks on the Floozy's door, the one that's not Jenny. Rosie. Rosie R- knocks on Rosie Floozy's door, <laughs> <laughs> and. She's like, hey, what are you doing here? I'm not fucking anyone, if that's what you think. <laughs> Guess what? She's got Bumby in bed. Is that a Bumby in your bed? Or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> oh, Bumby. Yeah. Also, Bumby was, you know, reasonably attractive for somebody with such a redonkulous name. Yeah, that is true. In his defense. But I also have to say, hey, Rosie. I assume that Harry Selfridge is also paying for your hotel room and also bankrolled your film. Don't you think if you wanted to bone down with Bumby Wallace, who's a very successful film star, Mm -hmm. you might have gone somewhere a bit more discreet? 
Possibly, but I think or she just wanted... maybe don't answer the door? That would have been a better call. I think that also, like... Nobody's here! <laughs> yeah, I mean... Especially you... not Bumpy Wallace! She's been running the Flusa game a long time. You've always got to have your next sucker lined up. I know, but you have to you have to line up the next sucker without jeopardizing the current sucker. Yeah. Well, she failed, unfortunately. Yeah, she sure did. Harry stares at himself angrily in a mirror. I was like, punch it, punch it, punch it. But he doesn't punch it. Yeah. Uh, in his office, May, uh, echoing what Kelly had said seconds before, says, well, what were you expecting? Yeah, this is literally, this is what they do. Yeah. It's yeah. in their job description. Yeah. Uh, and, and May is great, and she's just like, she doesn't particularly care or yeah. feel bad for him. She's like, come on, let's go. Yeah. We're going to this party. Stop he's like, doing- I can't go. And she's like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Go to this party. Have fun. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And to keep the floozies on a short leash at the party. <sighs> the floozies are clearly on one of those, like, elastic leashes that go, <laughs> except it never ends. Yeah. Yes. Harry Selfridge, famous for his ability to control the people he's fucking. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Groves look at some photos, including the one of Marilyn Bumby. Some Grotos. <laughs> uh, then Grove asks Martle to take a turn around the garden. And again, it is four. Yeah. She says, it's been a lovely evening. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, somebody just delivered a news. <laughs> yeah, I was like, hey, we're eating breakfast over here. <laughs> <laughs> Quit confusing our baby. <laughs> We hate you. The homeowners association is sending you a strongly worded letter. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we say all this to avoid talking about the contents of this scene, which is that Grove proposes to Marlon and she accepts. Boo. 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 Go back to New York, Josie. Yeah. It's where you belong. Yeah. Find so, Miss Revilius. We never wanted them to be together. <gasps> Nobody did. Nobody did. And of course, it's all done like, oh, the children are so happy in the background and the music, etc. Like any emotional investment or charisma is coming entirely from her. Yeah. It's coming entirely, entirely from her. Yeah. It's not coming from him at all. Yeah. I, uh, ugh. Yeah. Ugh. No, he like, he's like begrudgingly proposing to her. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, don't say yes just because I'm dying. Yeah. And I'm like, there's basically no other, like, when you propose to someone when you're dying. Yeah. They're basically not going to say no. Yeah. Like, maybe, maybe. Look, if you have done this to someone, we really want to hear about <laughs> it. We want to hear your story. Ah, yeah. Ah, ah. ah. It's all coming back. <laughs> it's all coming back to me now. <laughs> Uh, then, in the very next scene, another horrific decision is made, one that we were able to accept because we knew we were pretty sure that it wasn't going to last. But basically, uh, out, as Kitty and Mustache arrive at the party, uh, Kitty asks if Mustache would still love her even if she quit her job to raise a baby, and he's like, of course, and Kitty says, alright, let's do it. And we were yelling at the TV. Yes. <laughs> we're not thrilled about this. Yes. But we knew that Flick was coming to this party. And we were like, okay, yeah. let's uh, let's fuck some shit up. Yeah. Let's flick it up. <laughs> jazz. <laughs> oh, I forgot about jazz. Yeah. Uh, Fat Thomas is emceeing. Oh, my God. Uh, he introduces Harry Selfridge, who seems to get up to start to say something, when all of a sudden, the light, like, and, like, the lights go onto the stage, and then the song starts playing... And the floozies start a little dance. And that is not 
like I don't even know how to describe this. Yeah. And I am into some weird stuff. Yeah. But it's like this sort of I mean, what passes for a strip tease mm-hmm. in this era with very lesbianic incestual overtones. Yeah. And literally everyone is appalled. Yeah. And we are appalled. And May, I mean, I wouldn't say that May is appalled. She's just amused. No, she's May like, is like, I told you. Yeah, when she's like, oh, this isn't what I meant by a short leash, uh-huh. but all right. you know, <laughs> That's pretty great. Oh, May, you've become the Dorothy Parker of Selfridges. Yeah, uh, but basically, uh, when one of the sisters begins uh, reenacting Donald Trump on the other sister... <laughs> Uh, again, hope it's still legal to say that. Um, <laughs> we love you, President Trump. <laughs> JK, we don't love you. <laughs> We're part of the resistance. <laughs> the code word is floozy. I <laughs> <laughs> can't believe how much mileage we've gotten out of the word floozy this season. You never know. I know. Like, I hate the Dolly sisters, but they're really the gift that keeps on giving <laughs> yeah. podcast-wise. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Harry finally tells George... Who is kind of running this event? Yeah, uh, to get- oh yeah, because there was a there was a bit with him and Fat Tom. Yeah, so he yeah he's you know, apparently- been like oh working together again. I and I'm like, where's haircut? <laughs> what did you do with her? Yeah, I guess George is VP in charge of plot devices. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the the floozies are kicked out of the store. Kitty is standing at the bar when Flick comes up and introduces herself to her and. Uh, just basically is like, oh, you're attractive. I didn't think you would be. Uh, though this is a second party that, uh, you know, like I'm still recovering from France. We all had such a good time. Mm-hmm. Ask your husband. Look, I gotta, re- look, honestly, I gotta give it to Flick on this one. Yeah. Like, that's pretty solid. Yeah. And I'm glad somebody told Kitty. Yeah. Because oh. it's real shitty mm-hmm. what he did. Yeah. Like, and it would be, you know, okay, so like in the spirit of full disclosure, when I was a kid, my mom was like really obsessed with Dr. Laura. Okay. And, uh, Dr. Laura's theory was that if you cheat on your spouse, uh, you shouldn't tell them about it because you're just doing that to make yourself feel better. Uh, anyway, that's stuck in my brain. Okay. <laughs> but. So anyway, so if Frank was going to like do that whole thing, like the answer is not to be like, hey, let's have a baby. Right. Like, don't yeah. act like if you yeah. want to keep it a secret. Yeah. Don't do anything out of the ordinary. Yeah. Don't act weird. Don't. Because he's still, you know, he's he's not just it would be way better for him to be telling her to make himself feel better rather than browbeating her to having a baby to make himself. Feel I better. completely agree. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, well played flick. Yeah. Perhaps you are a feared reporter. I don't know that, you know. This wasn't in her capacity as a reporter. Well, that's true. It was her in her capacity as whatever the journalist equivalent of a floozy is. <laughs> so, source? <laughs> yeah, and there's also, there's a great cutaway in this scene to Mustache, who sees the two of them in conversation and is like... Frozen. Frozen. He can't yeah. move. Yeah. Uh, so... Kitty goes upstairs and Mustache follows her up. And I didn't really write anything on this scene, but Kitty Oh my just, God. She's crushing it. Yeah. Good like, job, Amy Beth. Yeah. Like really, really good. And just, it's clear that she knows from the beginning of the conversation that she knows. Uh huh. And Mustache is trying to be like, Oh, you, you know, France. <laughs> yeah. Just cheese. <laughs> wine. Yeah. And baccarat. Mm hmm. And, oh, she's just, you know, being nosy. That's what reporters do. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. 
Yeah, and it, Kitty lets him have it. Yeah. Oh, my God. What's her parting line? Her parting line was so good because she was like, you know, well, and this is where she says, you know, don't destroy everything we've built over the last, and she, like, her voice breaks yeah. as she's trying to say 12 years. Yeah. And she says, now go downstairs and pretend to be the good husband that you aren't. Yeah. And we were like, oh, <laughs> nothing but net. Swoosh. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So devastating. Yeah. So yeah. devastating. Yep. Amazing. Yeah. Really great work. Yeah. And, you know, mustache just stands there and mustaches as usual. Yeah. But I also really enjoyed her outfit at this party. Oh, her outfit is great. Yeah. She just she's fantastic. Yes. Uh, Harry brings Jimmy Dillon over to May, and then Fat Thomas stops by and invites them all to sing around the piano. And uh, Jimmy Dillon, like, grumpily declines and then kind of glares at them as they sing together. And, like, they look super familiar. And I'm like, are we really reviving the whole Fat Thomas Lady May thing? Like, it's... That's been over 12 years. Yeah. Like, that's been, what, like 15 or 16 years? I have no idea. I don't but know. It's 1928. The show can never let anything go. The show started in 1908, I think. I think that's right. So, 20 years. Yeah. So, it's been 20 years. Anyway, apparently they rehearsed singing around a piano because they do a great <laughs> job. Yeah. Uh, then who should arrive as they sing but some goons? Hired goons? goons. Hired goons? <laughs> yes. Uh, they come out. And, uh, what's his name? Darconi? <laughs> uh. Daconi? Dracula. <laughs> that guy. Uh, he's, like, with them in a car. And yeah. I'm like, should it? I don't know the legality of his business dealings or anything. Right. But it's like, shouldn't you not be on the scene? Yeah. With your goons? Like, that's why you hire the goons. Right. And pay them through a front. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a crime lord. <laughs> These are just things I've picked up over the years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, he wanted to see them do their work, which is to smash up all the windows in the front of Selfridges. Yes. Which they do, and everybody comes outside and is well, like... Well, the alarm goes yeah, off. Yeah, the alarm goes off, and everybody comes outside and is like... And George Taller's outside, uh, like, so quickly. I'm like, were you in on this? <laughs> uh, yeah. But he, uh, yeah. Algernon, no! What have you done?! <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the, uh, the windows are all smashed. The end. And everyone is sad. Yeah. And I'm like, well, uh, should have paid your bill! <laughs> yeah. My god, dude! Yeah, seriously. <sighs> so next week, perhaps, he will, in fact, <laughs> pay his bill. Here's hoping. Yeah, so that was it. We are now halfway through the season. And now, we are more than halfway. In fact, we've just arrived for the selfies. That's right. Uh, so first up, we've got the Nailing It Award. Uh, that goes to Bumby Wallace <laughs> yes. for literally nailing it. Yeah. Because <laughs> nobody else really had a good episode this episode. Yeah, not I really. I mean, Grove and Martle, but we are conscientious <laughs> objectors, so yeah. we're not giving them shit. Right. And like... Like the only like you could make a case for May, who just seems to be perfectly content with her life, yeah. but that's not the same thing as nailing it. It is absolutely not. Yeah. Next up, we have the stick poke. And that goes to... Whatever it was those floozies did to each other in public. We were like, you know, and I feel bad because they've been winning the stick poke (laughs) so frequently, but they're so inappropriate. Yeah. Like, Like, they they just keep taking it to another level. Like, that stick poke kid would be like, oh, I'm Martin Dyson. (laughs) Monsieur, (laughs) you didn't put that in your window. Next up, we have the Window Worthy Award. And we have in 
in uh, light of the recent tragedy which befell the Selfridges windows, decided to suspend the window-worthy award for this week. Yeah. <laughs> Pending their repair, it will be back. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that award is currently in mourning, in mourning for its namesake. <laughs> and finally, we have the eyeliner scale of eyeliner. And that uh, is pencil. And it's sort of a weird, because I feel like it's like, it's not that it was pencil quality, it's that it was all over the place. Yeah. With some really great stuff and some really awful stuff. Specifically, Martel and Grove. Right. Grardle. <laughs> Grove. <laughs> See, it's clearly a bad idea. <laughs> if you can't make a good portmanteau out of it, how are you even supposed to live? I agree. <sighs> well, anyway, yeah. we will be back. In a week, mm-hmm. uh, with Mr. Selfridge, episode six of season four, and we'll know whether or not those Trump comments uh, will <laughs> land us in jail. <laughs> yes. So until next time, tighten your bouts! <laughs> <laughs>